It's something that over 73% of people say is the top stressor in their life over the last month. It's something that surveys have shown that 90% of people say it's one of the top five reasons they feel anxiety or burnout or fear in their life. And if we never had a conversation about it, we would never be talking about something that a lot of people deal with and wanna know about and leads to a lot of emotional stress in our life. And the other reason we talk about this conversation is because Jesus talked about it almost more than anything else. Because he knew it would be the one thing that was always competing for your focus and attention. To move it away from the things of God. To be able to allow fear and lack of understanding or knowing or whatever it may be, to block out our view of the good God that is there for us, that is trustworthy. So you may be saying, what are we talking about? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> for the next two weeks, we're going to start a collection of talks called Hacks to Healthy Money. And at the beginning of this year, we gave us this phrase that every year we love to have a theme, a theme that we build our life around, that we build our conversations around for the entire year. And it's been this idea of seeking Him first, seeking God first in all things. Because when we seek God first, Scripture promises us that all these things will be added unto you. I don't know what all these things are, but I know they're good if they come from God. I know they grow us. I know they help us. I know they may be difficult, but they're worth receiving because God wants what's truly healthiest and best for us. Every opportunity we have a chance to grow and move towards health and seek God first. And during this time of inflation and gas prices and not knowing what tomorrow holds, I think it's an important time to take a deep breath and see what God has to say about this stuff. To see that God has actually provided us wisdom and care and truths that we can stand on, healthy hacks to healthy money today. So the title of today's message is A Healthy Foundation. Because if you don't build something on a healthy foundation, it's going to fall. It's a parable that Jesus taught about. It's a parable that then people stole from Jesus and then taught about that a wise man does not build his house upon sand because it's going to crumble. Maybe you're more familiar with the three little pigs, right? The house of, someone said, yeah, I am, yeah. The house of straw, the house of whatever the other house was, I can't remember now, but the only pig that knew what he was doing was the pig that built the house out of brick. Jesus tells us that wise is the man who builds his house upon the rock. And this isn't a rock. What kind of rock should I build on? I don't know. I'm not a builder. You don't have to be a builder. I'm going to give you the secret. You're building your house upon the rock. And just like we say hope has a name, the rock has a name, not Dwayne Johnson. The rock has a name, and that name is Jesus. We're building our house on him. It will not fall. I'm not, I mean, I will promise you storms will come. The winds will blow. The house may shake a little bit, but it will never be destroyed. It will never be crushed. Today we're building a, health, a healthy foundation. I love this verse in, in Philemon chapter one. The apostle Paul writes this letter to Philemon. Great name if you're looking for names. And the reason he writes this book is to really tell Philemon, hey, I know you're dealing with a difficult situation right now, but you have to approach it the way God would. God would approach this situation with forgiveness and trust and generosity. And what Paul encourages Philemon to say is, I'm praying that you will put into action 
the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Jesus Christ. So what are we doing today? I'm letting you know that we're building our faith so that we can have the action of generosity to understand and experience the good things that we are looking for, the good things that we're trying to gain. No, the good things that we already have in Jesus. I wanna give you a lie today and then I'll partner with the truth. The lie in our world today is that what you don't have is what you need. Let me be transparent for you as your pastor. About once a month I have this moment where I hop on Amazon Prime and I'm like, what's the Prime deals for today? And I just go through stuff that I don't have and I definitely don't need, but I can get it tomorrow. And I don't know, I might need that electronic someday, but I would just wanna buy it and it can show up at my doorstep. But I don't need it, but I don't have it, so I want it, right? Like that, those clothes or that piece of equipment or that cool little tool, I don't know what it may be for you, but you may have those moments where you're like, I just gotta buy something. I gotta get it because I don't have it. And see, that may sound innocent at first, but the enemy will use that to destroy your life from the inside out because you'll never be content because you'll miss out what you, what you have because you're looking at what you don't and you feel like you need it. I'm here to tell you today that you have exactly what you need today in this moment. It may not be materials, it may not be financially, but you have the opportunity to know your heavenly Father God and have a friend by your side that sticks closer than a brother and his name is Jesus. So let me give you a truth today. Your life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions. Sometimes the world teaches us that we have more, we are more. We have more, we're better, we're more accepted. This is the standpoint we're trying to achieve. But I want you to know today that your life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions. It's not about what you have. Your life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions. What I wanna help you understand today is that your life consists in the abundance of who possesses you. And that's your heavenly father who created you. That's the God of the universe who breathed life into you. That's the God who does not stand at a distance but is here in this room with us today, who made a way where we could know him and have a relationship with him through his son, Jesus. Sometimes the answer to knowing who you are is knowing whose you are. Sometimes the hack to healthy money and, and posture in our life is to, know, is to know that I'm a part of the family of God. And here's what I wanna to give to you today. Isaiah chapter 32, verse eight says, but generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. My goal for you is that when you go up to the pump this week, whether it says four, five, six, God help us dollars, whatever it says, you know, you say, it doesn't matter to me. It may be a lot, it may be, it may be a little bit more of a busy season, but I know that God's got this. I know that God's got me. I know that God is going to make a way, he's going to provide, because I'm placing myself in his kingdom. I'm placing myself in his economy, not the world's economy, because there is no price too high that God is not bigger than. There is no bill too large or situation too detrimental that God doesn't look at and say, hey, I can handle that if you just trust me. We gotta go to who knows the answer. I'll share with you this fun story, because I know it's a heavy topic today. Uh, this week I lost my wallet. Very stressful situation. Now I, you know, am much more like a millennial type person. I never have cash on me. It's all cards in there. But still it's stressful to lose all that. 
and I was turning the house upside down looking for my wallet. And then I remembered I have a little life that lives in my house. A little four-year-old person by the name of Shepherd, who's my son. And he was sitting on the couch and I said, Shepherd, have you seen daddy's wallet? And he said, no. And I knew there was some depth to that no. But my wife, being the loving mom she, said, she is, she said, don't blame him. You keep looking. And I said, okay, I'll keep looking. I looked everywhere, checked both cars, under the couches, all around, said, it's nowhere. And then I said, you know what? I felt there was a little bit of something in that no from my four-year-old son. And I asked again, and he was like, he doesn't have it. And I said, Shepard, have you seen daddy's wallet? If you have a four-year-old, you know the grin that followed that question. And he said, follow me, daddy. And we followed me, followed into his room, and he lifted up a little basket from his room, and lo and behold, there sat my wallet, and I was not mad. I was just laughing. Oh, thank you that I don't have to go replace all this stuff. Now, what I didn't do as a good husband was go and say, see, I told you so. I said, hey, Shepard, found my wallet. We've raised such a great little boy. But the thing is, I want you to understand that there was no way I was going to find that thing until I went to the person who actually who knew where it was. And this guy was four years old. I love my son so much, he makes me laugh every day. But my issue with where we approach our lives sometimes is we're turning the house upside down, turning our life inside and out, stressing, trying to find this thing. When God's sitting on the couch saying, hey, I know where it is, Would you just ask me. and I'll lead you and I'll show you and you'll find it. That's what we're gonna do today. Would you pray with me one last time? God, we invite you into this conversation today. We invite you into what you're gonna do this morning. And we give you these moments. We take notes, we listen, and we lean in. Because God, we wanna have healthy money in our life, but we also just wanna seek you first and surrender these things to to you. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, once again, we all say amen. Let's go for it today, all right? Now, one of the things I've learned in my life is that I hate wasting things. I don't like wasting groceries that we buy. I don't like wasting my money for sure. I don't like wasting time. And sometimes, though, we think we're doing something that's incredibly valuable only for it to kind of blow up when we thought it was going to be a good step forward. It reminds me of a story that happened this week. Now, listen, I will always say God is a God who answers prayer, and so I want to thank you for all those people in this room that were praying that the Holy Spirit would change Tom Brady's mind to bring him back, and we're very thankful that that happened. Thank you, Lord. We will continue to pray in the correct order, of course, of what's priority and important, but something happened this last week. Literally the day before Tom Brady announced that he was coming out of retirement, His last touchdown throw sold for an exorbitant amount. Here's what it says. One day before Tom or Brady unretired, someone paid more than $518,000 for a ball that would have been, I love this part, but definitely is not the last touchdown pass of his career. Now, I don't have too much sympathy for someone who spends $500,000 on a football. If you have that, maybe it didn't hit you that hard. So it causes me to laugh a little bit of like how in one day something can be worth over a half million dollars and in 24 hours it's worth nothing except for the pats of friends who are like, man, I'm so sorry, but I'm glad I'm not you right now. (laughs) Now in our life, I want you to understand that sometimes we may approach God this way. 
or maybe we have something that's really valuable. But there could be something that happens in your life that renders that thing meaningless because you realize that maybe it wasn't what you thought. You've realized that maybe it can't carry you through the difficult seasons of life. And sometimes I believe we also approach the things of God this way, that we think that somehow the value that God brings to our life by being our heavenly father and being everything that we need is somehow going to change. But just like we read before, God's a God who can be trusted. And these are some hacks to step us into health today so we can seek God first. Now, I didn't just want to talk about the Tom Brady football. I wanted to actually talk about one of my favorite stories from Scripture. Um, it's from John chapter 6. If you want to look on your card today, it's going to be up on the screen as well. John chapter 6, verse 8 through 12, actually. I'm going to read it for you right now, and then we'll walk through it. So John chapter 6, starting in verse 8, says this. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Would you underline that phrase for me? But what good is that with this huge crowd? And then Jesus says, tell everyone to sit down. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. And afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers. So again, I love this, nothing is wasted. That principle is very important to Jesus as well. So let me paint a picture of what's going on. Jesus has been teaching and performing miracles for a little while now during the time where he really did walk the earth, not just some story. Jesus really did walk the earth, taught and led people and introduced them to a relationship with God, but also did incredible miracles. So because of that, he built a big following. A lot of people are following him around. And one day he's out in the land teaching and a big crowd gathers around him. And it gets to lunchtime. People get a little upset when they get hungry because it's lunchtime. And not only is it 5,000 men, it's probably double that because of women and children. People begin to complain and argue and moan. And that's never a way to solve a situation that never adds value to anything. And so the disciples kind of start to stress and panic and say, hey, Jesus, these people are getting a little angry, and there's way more of them than us. So maybe we should just, like, sneak away. You know, can we do that walk on water thing and just, like, sneak away out of here before we have to take care of them? And Jesus looks at the disciples and says, well, why don't you feed them with what you have? And then they respond, Jesus, I don't know if you know this. I know you're the son of God and all, but when you said, come follow me, we actually did that and kind of didn't show up to work the next day. And so we don't really have any resources to pay for a meal and cater an event for 10 plus thousand people. But what they do, end up doing is ask around. And there's this little boy that offers up what I equal to the biblical version of a Lunchable. Shepherd's eating Lunchables right now, he loves them. He gets mad when we only give the ones that's like the crackers and meat and cheese and it doesn't have the Oreo in it because he really wants that Oreo. But the little boy brings his small lunch. I mean, it's five loaves. It's not like big loaves of bread. It's like small little pieces of barley loaf and then two tiny little fish. The scripture would tell us that it's like garnishes for the loaves. Not a great meal. But he's got it, and he realizes that maybe he could be the answer to this problem. See, what I love about Jesus is that in this big problem, he sees an opportunity. The disciples see a problem. 
One of the biggest ways we begin to shift our mind when it comes to healthy money is to understand that the bill you're facing, the problem that you're facing, is not necessarily something to be viewed only as a problem. It's something to also be viewed as an opportunity for God to show up. Now we have to do some things to put ourselves in that position to receive from God, which we'll talk about in a second, but I believe the first thing is a mind, a mind shift, a perspective change. The little boy puts the, gives these things to the disciples, they bring it to Jesus, he says, hey, have everybody sit down, and then he does something that Jesus does with our life, also when we trust him with our things. He begins to break it and bless it and create it into something that is a miracle for the people that are there. See, the boy trusted Jesus. and He began to feed all these people that not only did they eat just a little bit, they ate to their full and there were 12 baskets left over. See, it doesn't matter necessarily the amount, it matters that it was placed in Jesus' hands. See, the little boy had to give Jesus everything that he had, but don't be fooled. Jesus is the son of God. He could have just grabbed the grass right there and made some sort of kale dish or salad thing and handed it out. And there probably would have been one person that's like, do you have any dressing? Because that's what people do. Uh, but he didn't need to do that. He, he took what someone had. Because God can do everything, but he realizes that some not, sometimes he needs to wait for our participation for us to see what he's truly capable of. See, we're waiting for God. We're saying, hey, God, I know you can do it, so will you just do it? And he's saying, hey, what do you have? Would you just trust me with it first? And again, don't be fooled. Jesus could have made this meal and fed all these people with one piece of bread and one fish. But it took the boy saying, here's everything that I have. Would you take this and use it to serve those around me? He had to give up what he had prepared, or maybe his mom prepared, I don't know. And I believe one of the things that breeds selfishness in our life is to realize, well, I made this decision. I prepared for this. This is mine. I've planned for it. So no, I'm going to keep this. And man, I'm telling you, the more in our life we live like this, the more you may have, but the more empty you are. The more you live like this, the more we begin to have fear and anxiety because what happens when you lose what's in there? But if you begin to make your posture like this little boy and say, Jesus, what I have is yours, you see it, you can receive it, you can take it as you want, you begin to step into this understanding of, God, it doesn't matter what's here, my posture is right here in front of you. And I'm giving it to you. I'm allowing you to do what you want. And I know if sometimes you take things away, you're only gonna put something better back in there. And sometimes in those seasons of where I may feel empty, I know I'm just drawing closer to you and that's better anyway than anything else that I could ever have as a possession. So what are some, again, let's get to some practicals though. What are some hacks for this healthy money in our life? I'll give them to you quickly. The first thing, I love this one, is that less is more. Less is more. I was telling our, our home team earlier that one of the biggest stresses in my life right now comes from stuff that I actually have. Because I'll do all the laundry, have all the clean shirts and clothes, and I'm like, I can't actually fit all this in my closet. Why do I have all this? But one of the reasons I hate moving, because I, I don't mind moving furniture. I'll move furniture all day. I like it. It's funny. It's like you accomplish something, right? Getting a big piece of furniture out of the house. What I hate is boxing up all the little stuff. I'm like wrapping it in the paper and, and having all these boxes. Where does this go? Where does that go? And if you're inviting your friends over to help you move, do that beforehand, all right? Just, just have it prepared, okay? But I'm just telling you, that's why I hate moving. 
Because less is more a lot of times, we have to realize that. Less is more, and in our finances, I think it's important to cut back and pay off. I would encourage you this week, because I gotta do it myself, to go to one of those subscription trackers on the internet, put in your email and say, where are all, I'm signed up with subscriptions that I'm paying that I had no idea I was paying, right? Like I remember when Netflix first came out. It's a great option because cable was so expensive. 10 bucks a month, and now they know their demand, so it's raising up every more and more every week. But the thing is, it was a great option because it was so much cheaper. And then they added Hulu and Amazon Prime and Disney Plus. And now it's like you have to have the individual channel subscription so you can watch the show that you want. So now we've added up all this stuff that we're right back to where we started in the first place. But it's important to take a minute and maybe cut back some things that you don't need. I would encourage you, cut back onto what you actually need. What are the essentials in your life? And then realize that it's time to maybe create a plan to pay off some things. It's amazing the average amount of credit card debt in our society is $10,000, $15,000 in credit card debt. What? How do people sleep at night with that? I could never do that. That's you. I'm not trying to shame you. I'm just telling you. I'll be praying for you. But we need to make a plan to pay off those things because the enemy will use that. He will use that to begin to put you in a place of fear. And I got to get, 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 or more, more, more. And less is more in the kingdom of God. Less is more because it makes more room for God to do incredible things. So I'm encourage you, maybe a practice for tomorrow or this week. Where in my financial life can I cut back? And what do I need to start to make a plan to pay off? Because I know I'm going to have to deal with these things at some point. So less is more. Second thing is this, and then we'll all agree with this, stress is bad. You didn't have to come to church to know that, but stress is bad. The more stuff we have, the more stress we have to maintain it. The more things we feel like we have to get, the more stress we have to perform and earn so we can have it. See, I think one of the freeing things for us is to understand that, yes, stress is bad, so it's time to honor God with everything. It's not just honoring God with our financial situation. It's a posture of honor in our life with everything that we have. What he's given us to steward. God's blessed us. If you have breath in your lungs today, guess what? You have something to honor God with. Your life. If you go home to a room where you can lay down on your own bed and you open a fridge and there's food in there, you have something to steward. We don't understand that the people that may live you know, necessarily on poverty level here in America are so richer than more than, one, than 99% of the entire world. And it's so important to realize that that's not there to shame us or to guilt us. It's to say, you know what, I've been given something to steward. I've been given something to honor God with. And stress is bad. Can I get a good amen if you've been affected by stress in your life? Planting a church, having a kid, like I'm trying to keep all I got up here, but stress it's hard. And I want to honor God with my life. I want to honor God with everything. And I believe that there's stories in, in our church where people have done that. See, what I always want you to understand is that, you know, the, the health and beauty and vibrancy of local city church is not about the person on the platform. It's about the power and the people that sit in the house every single Sunday and how God moves in their life. And I want, someone to, I want it to take a few minutes and have someone come and share their story really quick, a, a story of health and also financial breakthrough in their life where they simply said, God, I'm just gonna honor you with everything. So I'm gonna have one of our incredible home team persons, uh, Seneca, come and join us. Go for Seneca, everybody, as he comes to join us up on stage. 
So Seneca, grab a seat. You look great today, man. Great job in worship and all of that. So I've known Seneca for a long, long time. Um, he's, he was one of my youth leaders back in the youth group that I youth pastored over in Clearwater. And when we were planting local city, I was like, Seneca, I need you with me. Let's go. And here you are, man. We could not do it without you. Yeah, yes. go ahead. No, and glad to be here. <laughs> and, um, and I wanted Seneca to actually share his story because some of you may not know kind of the decisions he's made in his life to move forward and thinks that his faith has helped him decide to do. So let's show a kind of a picture up on the screen of your journey, of where you've come from. And, and really, this is not a, a thing of, you know, oh, sure, yeah, give it up for you today, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason we share this story is because it's just a decision that changed everything. It's a decision that happened over time. So my first question I had, Seneca, I know is this kind of happened when you were growing in your faith, really, too, and stepped back into church. And talk about how your whole life, one way, and then surrendered this, you know, your health to God, surrendered these things to God, and he began to move in, in really a powerful way, in a transformative way we can see on the screen. Encourage us there for a second. No, definitely. I mean, for me... Um I, I struggled with actually pride a lot. So I, even as I grew into my career as well, it, it started there because I, I felt like I did. I was the one that's making those decisions. I was the one that was gaining these promotions. I was yeah. the one that was getting the increases and not really giving God initially the, the praise and thanks and honoring him in what I was doing. Yeah. So um, as I had done that, and I started initially, you know, um, tithing and everything, still going to church, but um, as I continue to do, I started to do less and less. Mm. So, and then as I uh, was confronted kind of with this, then that's when I'm like, all right, well, let me start going back and start doing. And then uh, I, as I started to do that, it allowed me to start thinking about my health too. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I'm giving and doing uh, when it comes down financially wise at that point. Uh, now, let me turn it over also to God, and yeah. let me uh, actually have him help me with finally going and losing the weight as well. Yeah. So. And talk about, so obviously, you didn't move to that left to right overnight. Right. Much no. as I would love for that to right. happen that, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> it took, I know, though, when we were talking about this, you said there were statements that you used to keep you going. There was a community around you that encouraged you, but also some things that you just decided on that you weren't going back on. Yeah. Right. So for me, it was a couple of things. People always ask me, so what was your motivation? What made you do this? What is that time or thing that, that <laughs> yeah. uh, switched you to make this pivotal change? And for me, it was a, it was a few things. It was, uh, you know, family, of course, having multiple different things from hypertension, diabetes, heart disease. And I was like, all right, well, I don't want to be susceptible to those things. Yeah. And then also for me, just a better quality of life, just yeah. knowing that I, I deserved and should have more. <laughs> sure. yeah. um, and then for me, it was just wanting to also be an inspiration and do better for other people that saw me because actually for those maybe don't know, I was in the music industry for a while. Yeah. And uh, so people <laughs> always saw me. And yeah. so I wanted to also um, inspire others through yeah. that too. So um, that's what really yeah. started and transformed me to make yeah. this decision and go ahead and actually move forward. Yeah. And for me, it was also every year my birthday came for me. It was my New Year's resolution time, <laughs> ever for everyone else. Yeah, so I was like, every year, never really uh, 
made that change. Yeah. And then finally, at the turning point, I was like, all right, it's time to do this and let's yeah. move forward. What was that phrase that you said you used? It was, so, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. My, the phrase I always use in a formula for me I use is dedication plus consistency equals results. Yeah. So I'm like, you have to be dedicated to what you want. You have to be consistent, and then you're going to get results. If you lack one or two of those, you're not going to get it. Well, I always yeah. say you're going to get a result. It's just not going to be the one you want. So yeah. you might as well go all in if you're going yeah. to do it and get what you want right yeah. at the top. So that's that big thing. And also a phrase or a quote I used to live by, and I yeah. think I was telling you about before, was Thomas Edison, which is yeah. vision without execution is just hallucination. Yeah. So I'm like, anyone can hallucinate. <laughs> anyone can, you know, vision and have yeah. dreams. But without doing the work, yeah. and like we talk about, um, you know, faith without works is dead, right? Yeah. You can have the faith all you want, but until you start making those steps yeah. in that direction, then that's when things will come about. Yeah, that's so good. And I wanted, the last question I wanted to have you share is because you, want, you walked through all that, you had success in your, in your job, promotions, you made this health journey, and then kind of around, was around 2020 or like you lost everything. Yes. You lost your job, and then yeah. there was this commit, I remember there was this commitment inside of you to say, you know what, I'm not going to stop the God right. stuff, though. I'm right. not going to hold on. Yeah. So, so actually, yeah. jumping to that is, <laughs> that's why I was talking about initially about the pride thing. Yeah. Um, I was flourishing really well in my career, doing great. Then around, like I said, 2020, I mean, excuse me, uh, 2000, something like 2005 or something <laughs> around there. It's been so long ago now. Um, lost everything. Lost, yeah. I mean, lost my job. Um, pretty much was cut down to nothing. I remember clearly in my bank account, I had about like $13. <laughs> what left. a terrible number. Right, I know, right, right, exactly, like $13. And I was like, I'm, I, at times I just felt, I just fell on my knees bowling. I mean, yeah. out of, and I'm, I'm really not that emotional at times, but yeah. I'm like clearly just out of nowhere, just all the, everything going through my mind yeah. um, just fell on my knees, you know, just bawling, crying about like, what is going on? Why am I going through this? But yeah. God put, allowed me to go through that to say, hey, once again, you're not the one that's in control. Yeah. I'm the one that's in control. Yes. You need to be looking to me. And then I'm your source. It's not the job. It's not your family. It's not your friends. It's me who's your source. Yeah. So then I start to, I was like, oh, man, wow. Um, he's like, even just with the little bit you yeah. have, you, I mean, you know, you need to be giving yeah. your tithes. You need to be yeah. giving that 10%. You remember, give what is mine. Yeah. So then I really start thinking, I'm like, even just this little yeah. $5 or $10 I'm getting, I'm like, yes, just give. So I started yeah. to do that and apply that. And then out of nowhere, and then continue to be thankful because yeah. I started reading, and of course, doing um, my My 15, yeah. as we talk about, I started to really just dive deep into yeah. his word and what he was saying, and, and it just opened my eyes a little bit more, and actually start to relieve that depression, too, yeah. and show that, I'm like, if you just put all your trust and your cares on him, he's going to be able to carry you through, yeah. and so as I did that, I'm like, wow, I was like, just start to feel so lifted and yeah. just freed. One day, I, I, mean, I randomly look in my account. Remember, I had $13 in this account. Had over $1,200 in this account. I still do not know to this day how that money got in there. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm like, thank you, God. I'm like, I'm like, I can pay my rent. I'm like, right, I'm not going to get evicted or whatever. So yeah. I was like, wow. And so once, yeah. uh, and just once again, tithing off that, yeah. when then opportunities came, yeah. started to just come through. And I'm like, I'm thanking God. I'm like, yes, you know, because I'm down yeah. to like $13 at that point. <laughs> you know, I'm like giving and doing. Um, but, and that's where, once I started to really realize, yeah. 
He is the source. He is my source. Yeah. No matter what, I miss the jobs can come and go. People can come and go. But God is the foundation in my life. Then yeah. that's where I really start to get grounded. Because I'm like, all right, I can give and do. And it made it almost easier for me to be generous. Right? Yeah. It's easier for me. Because I'm like, if he gave it to me and I can give, the more you give, you will never lack. Yeah. So oh, wow. That's, that's, that's great. The, that's yeah. the thing I started seeing. I'm, I'm giving and doing. Just the other day, I was a guy. I was, uh, you know, as a guy on the side of the road, and yeah. I you know, gave him 20 bucks. I yeah. had like a couple bucks, and I'm like looking for a dollar or two. <laughs> I'm like, nope. I'm like, you're generous. You give, so I gave. Yeah. But once again, that's what it. It, it was. It, I would not have done that if I had not gone through what I had gone through. Yeah. So it allowed me to really do and just be able to freely give yeah. because I know it's going to be given back to me ten times. Yeah. Um, the amount I give. So. Yeah. Come on, everybody. That's great stuff, Seneca. Thanks, man. Ah, so proud of you, buddy. That's great, man. I love that, man. The more you give, the more you don't lack. You'll never lack. That is so good. And as we begin to finish up today, I wanted to finish out with the last two things. And I'll spend about one minute on number three because it's kind of where we're going next week. But the third thing to understand and a hack to healthy money is that giving is good. I mean, that's just, that's just the truth of it. And we don't give to get. We just give to give. We give because God's given us everything. Most popular verse in the entire Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You've been given too. And we simply trust God with that. So here, what do we do now? We decide it and we start today. Now this is the point. Seneca mentioned this word a lot and talked about how it was one of the formative things that moved his life, not just physical health, but spiritual health as well. Hacks to healthy money is not just physical, it's spiritual. Because anything that begins to take the place of God in our life is a spiritual thing that we have to pay attention to. And for this, it's one of the ways that God has provided for us to realize that he is always involved in everything that I'm doing. And what, what Seneca mentioned, it's in scripture, it's this principle called the tithe. It's understanding that I trust God with the first 10%. When you trust God with the first, the rest is blessed. And the tithe, God is not a God we tip. God is a God that we trust, all right? And God is a God who has actually commanded us in this. Why? Because he knows we need it. Listen, we could accomplish a lot with 100% of what we earn, but we could never do the miraculous with it. We do the miraculous when we say, God, hey, I'm gonna give you this. It doesn't make any sense, but I'm just going to trust you with it. And guess what? There's no pressure to do it. I want you to know and understand that there is never any pressure to do anything here at Local City Church. But we will constantly remind you of the purpose in it. We will constantly remind you that it is the blessed life, trusting and giving and seeking God first. So one of the cards that you had with you, which I'll talk more about next week, but it's just a challenge we do twice a year. It's the 90-day tithe challenge. We do it in March and we do it in November. And what it is is saying, you know what, God, for 90 days, I'm going to trust you. Actually, we're living out the scripture in Malachi 3.10 that where God says, test me in this and see what I do. Test me in this and I'll show you I am who I say I am. Test me in this and you will see that I've always been there for me, for you. Test me in this and you'll have those days where, how did this happen? I don't get it. This lunch fed 5,000. I had 13 bucks. I'm like, how did this happen? Again, this is not a prosperity thing. It's not a give to get thing. It's to realize that God does things when he's invited to do them. And I would say today, pray about this challenge. If God says no, you're off the hook. 
But if he says, yeah, it's time to do something, move to number two, and that's simply say yes and start. If it's like the 10%, whoa, you don't have to start there. Start at one, a half, two, three, four. Start somewhere because God can do more with something than he can do with nothing. And then through the way we have it on our website, you can make it automatic. I do the recurring giving thing because the first thing I'm paying is not the mortgage, not the power bill, not my credit card. The first thing I'm paying is saying, God, it's all yours anyway. And before I try and sort all the rest of it out, here's yours. And I will be honest with you, local city church, I don't stress about this stuff because it's not under my control. I'm not trying to figure it out. God's already figured it out for me and said, hey God, here you go. And one of the things we do because of the generosity of the people in our church who have gone before us, we encourage you to take this challenge, but also when you text local to local 90, one word to 97,000, or you scan the QR code, we give, we give you some financial resources for free. Access to some budget training and apps that you can use, all prepaid and free for you, because we know we don't want you to walk through this life stressed and burdened. Here's why. Number four, pray about that today. Number four, the last one is this, because tomorrow does matter. I'm going to commit to legacy over lavish. Legacy is something that outlives me. The thing I think about a lot is what's my legacy going to be as a husband, as a father, as a pastor? I don't need a lavish lifestyle. I don't need all this stuff. But I want to know that I helped people see Jesus in my life. I I want to know that I helped people, just like this little boy in the story, that God does what he says he's going to do. And when we trust him with everything that we have, miraculous happens begin to seek him first and these things of health are added unto our life so let me give you two truth foundations what are these healthy foundations ryan it's great stuff what's the healthy foundation those four things but also these two truths number one is that prioritizing god's interests financially is an invitation to his activity because he wants to be welcomed in here's my little wait handle for you i always want to give you a handle so you can pick it up in your life. So think about this. All the things that we have in our life, right? Maybe I'm just going to dump them out because that's what life feels like sometimes. (laughs) All the things that we're trying to deal with in our life, right? All these different boxes, all these different things that we're trying to contain and and help with, right? Maybe you've got, uh, you're stressing about your job right now, right? So job's crazy. I'm not healthy in my job right now. It's stressing me out. I'm nervous to go to work every day. My boss is the worst. All right. And then maybe, maybe you're in school right now and you're trying to take care of all these school things, get enough credits to graduate, or you just changed your major for some reason and you got, you know, you, had, you were almost done and you changed your major, school stressing you out, what kind of occupation am I going to get after school, right? Maybe another thing is uh, you're striving for acceptance in your life, you know, trying to get these things so people will accept you. Maybe another one is, is your health. You're dealing with health and still fear from COVID and all these different things that are going on. Maybe there's a lot of stress in your family right now and you're trying to hold all that together and then there's change happening in your life everybody hates change no one likes it and we're trying to I can't even gather anymore this is all I can take right and then what we do is you know we come to church and we and we figure out oh there's kids and then and then we think about okay well I'll just add God with all this stuff and this is begin how we I mean this doesn't look comfortable you'd be like hey can, can I help you Ryan you look a little stressed out carrying all these things can't even carry it's impossible for me to carry everything but here's the shift. Here is the, probably the, the healthiest hack I can give you before we close today. And that's to change your view of how big God is. 
who do you say, Jesus' most important question he asked the disciples, who do you say I am? You see, if you begin to kind of lay all these things down and surrender them to the Lord, and you pray, God, would you just give me insight to how big you are? You begin to realize that God is who he says he is. And you say, God, uh, you're not just a part of my life, you're everything. God, no matter what change comes, I'm giving it to you. God, no matter what happens with my school, I know I'm accepted by you. I'm not trying to perform. God, when whatever goes on with my health or my family, I've, I've already surrendered it to you, so I don't have to worry. God, whatever happens and whatever goes on with my job, if I lose it with my kids, I pray over them, God, I know that you're in control. God, I, I know I deal with maybe some anxiety and some fear, but I've surrendered that to you, so it's not gonna dictate my life anymore. And God, my finances. I don't know where, where that's, how that's gonna be paid for. Or I'm really trying to earn and get more, but you know what, God, I'm just gonna surrender that to you today. I'm gonna tithe, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna commit it and surrender it to your feet. Much easier way to live. Much easier way to approach life. Because what do I see when I see all my problems? I see God. What do I see when all the reasons why I need to try and work on this? No, I just, God's got it. God's got it. I'm surrendered it to him. He's a big God. He can take care of it. He's better at it than I am. So I'm just gonna give it to him today. He's the one I've surrendered it to. I've let it go, and I'm just carrying his name in my life. For every situation I face, God's got this. God's the healthy one that I approach and surrender to. Here's why, because this truth as we close, your life is too valuable, your calling is too high, and your God is too, too good to waste your life. Your life is too valuable, and your calling is too high, and your God is too good to waste your life. That helped you today. Would you give me an amen? You believe that today? Come on, let's stand to our feet as we close today.